Welcome to TLP. This is Charlie. And I'm Jay Church. We've got a great show for you guys today. Um, we have in Deborah Walker, who is running for supervisor of District 6. Um, so we got a great interview with her. And also, as always, Rainbow Rumors. But let's get into Q News. Q News. Queer News you can use. All right, I thought we'd start today's Q News items off with a controversial organization, HRC. Mm. I'm ducking before people can throw things at me. Mm-hmm. Um, so HRC has taken many hits in recent years, and some for good reason. At the same time, they're on the front lines of LGBT rights. So I felt like... LGB. I, I guess you're right, LGB. Thank fair, you. fair enough. I don't um, think they support trans rights as much as other... Fair enough. Yeah. But you know what? You could change that. And here's how. Oh. So I felt like we should mention that HRC is seeking new panel members. Um, if you're interested in being more involved in your community, maybe this is the opportunity for you. Hmm. Um, the committee is looking for members who are community activists, knowledgeable and skilled in such areas as racism, HIV, AIDS, anti-violence, civil rights, class, disability, diversity, gender, women's rights, I think, senior and youth issues. Uh, applicants must be San Francisco residents and must make a firm commitment to attend meetings on the third Tuesday of every month at 5.30 p.m. Uh, interested persons should send a letter by mail, fax, or email uh, detailing why they'd like to serve on the committee and their community involvement and areas of expertise to, let's see here, Nadia, N-A-D-I-A, dot B- Babella, B-A-B-E-L-L-A at sfgov.org You could probably also email there if you have questions. <laughs> um, <laughs> Can you maybe like say it one more time? Uh, <laughs> um, but the reason I was bringing this up is because, you know, I know there's going to be a lot of people who are ready to tar and feather me for even mentioning Air- HRC on this program. Oh my god. I'm getting chills right now. Stop saying <laughs> Charlie that. being one of them. <laughs> but, I mean, if you're upset with the way the organization's being run, then I think the best way to change it is to... From within. From within. I'm actually applying right now. Give me your computer. Now you're just being rude. <laughs> HRC? Oh, for listeners that don't know HRC, HRC stands for Human Rights um, Campaign. Campaign. <laughs> and they have a history of uh, not exactly supporting trans uh transgendered persons um you know i think they're being better about it but you know i don't know it's just there's just a lot of controversy with that i mean i mean they do they do have their downsides they're also one of the most visible groups in washington dc and probably one of the biggest uh lgb Mm -hmm. as charlie would say um political organizations so um they do do some positive things uh at the same time they're very controversial um because of who they seem to leave off often yeah so i mean now's an opportunity to change that hopefully for new no new but blood. you are making fun of me but i was serious about applying i think i'm gonna apply no oh, i think you'd be good for it yeah okay well, on that note... Charlie for president. Charlie for president. <laughs> <laughs> She's on, running on the gold LeMay platform. <laughs> gold is out, okay? Oh, I'm sorry, Charlie. Yeah. Um, so, on to more interesting news, or less dry, I should say. Um, in the spirit of hell freezing over, 
I thought we'd talk about Cindy McCain posing for the No Hate campaign. No. Yeah. Shut up. You remember Cindy McCain, right? I have right? not heard this. She's the wife of former presidential candidate John McCain. Republicans, moderate Republicans, but during the campaign, they, I'm pretty sure if I remember correctly, they said that they were against gay marriage, like right. both candidates did, right? Yeah. Um, so imagine my surprise when Cindy McCain's image showed up on my computer, duct tape over mouth, no hate painted on the cheek, complete, uh, complete transformation. And you know that campaign is um, volunteer-based, so you actually pay the photographer to take that picture. So she actually... I don't think Cindy McCain's paying anyone to take that picture. I think that's just the common folks. But mm-hmm. my guess is that like the celebrities, probably it's PR for everyone. Oh, I see. So, But um, Meghan McCain had also had her picture taken previously, which Meghan McCain has been pretty um, vocal about her support of gay marriage and mm-hmm. being like the new face of young Republicans. And it's, you know, you can't hate her for that. You know, she's always been on our side despite being a Republican. Um, But Cindy McCain, this is kind of the first we've heard from her. I mean, she was pretty quiet during the campaign trail for president. She was always just kind of like... Trophy wife. Trophy wife in my my mind. So I'm... it's surprising to me that the first you hear of her is with this, and I wonder I'm happy if she's about it. Running or something? I really doubt she's if running. If she's trying to get more visibility, my guess is that they probably always supported it, and they couldn't say anything because they yeah. were running for office, and that was their voter base. And now that they don't have anything to lose, why not? You know. Mm. Plus, they're fabulous pictures. I mean, she looks amazing. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> well, she's only like his second wife or something. Eh, who's counting? <laughs> so the No Hate Boys on their website, um, which I believe is no n o h eight the numeral uh, campaign dot com, uh, on their website they said that they have a huge amount of respect for both of these women for being brave enough to make it known they support equal marriage rights for all Americans. Now my only question is, when will the Obamas be in to have their No Hate picture taken? Oh, I think it'd be adorable to have Bowen on it. First dog. First dog. Maybe without the duct tape on his fur, though. <laughs> That's just gruesome. <laughs> Anywho, off to Rainbow Rumors. Rainbow Rumors! So in the last episode, I was talking about um, AfterLN.com having their first annual lesbian slash bi people's choice awards. Um, and I said that you could vote. And so they already posted their winners. And Whip It was the favorite movie, and there was uh, a lot of, like, kind of lesbian themes running through there. Um, It was also uh, directed and, I think, also produced by Drew Barrymore, who also acted in that movie, along with Ellen Page, one of my favorite new actresses. Um, Favorite female TV star was Callie from uh, Grey's Anatomy. She's... uh, lesbian doctor on that show um so her name is sarah ramirez and favorite female tv star in comedy guess who that is ellen degeneres no in comedy tv star in comedy jane lynch from glee who we all love my favorite and adore and uh not surprisingly favorite new tv show was glee of course yes queers love love song and dance (laughs) Um, and favorite lesbian slash bi reality star was Aya from Real World Cancun 
haven't who seen, she haven't ha- seen, oh, I've seen it. I did see that. You I made me watch it. I made you watch it. Yeah. Um, but and I survived. Aya had a boyfriend <laughs> going on the real world show, and then she was like hooking up with her roommates who were women. Um, yeah, she's cute. Not she's the best young. representation, but whatever. Whatever. It's an exact representation of most of us when we were 22. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Drunk and lots of sex. Um, I think it's fine. <laughs> favorite female music artist was Lady Gaga. Naturally. Naturally. Uh, favorite music or group, uh, Tegan and Sarah. Hmm. I'm surprised they're still kind of on the radar. Like, I don't know. I'm kind of... I, have they had anything out recently? I think they came out with a new album, but I haven't really been following them. So. You know, as hosts of a lesbian show, we should probably be more up on this. I like my music, whether it's queer or not, so whatever. Fair enough. Um, <clears throat> although, lesbian twins, I mean, yeah, that's cute. Whatever. <laughs> uh, favorite out... You sounded like a 40-year-old man right there. <laughs> Sometimes I am. <laughs> Favorite out female celebrity. Um, oh shoot! I guess I didn't write it down. But it's uh, <laughs> Ellen DeGeneres. Anyways, so Goldfish. Ellen, of course, was in there. Um, and Charlie was just telling us about her goldfish memory. No, that's earlier. you. That's actually Jay Church. <laughs> I'm just having a long day here. Um, a senior moment. No, I've been waking up from the thunderstorms. I'm just kidding. Rude. Anyways, um, so favorite out female celebrity is Ellen DeGeneres before I got rudely interrupted. Um, and I also wanted to talk about, um, I rarely watch the show, but I had it on in the background and I was doing some work and, um, Tyra, Tyra Banks had this show on Martin Luther King Day on Monday called Gay is the New Black. Wasn't it a repeat? Um, It is a repeat. I actually posted it on my Facebook page and I was saying, hey, check out the show, Gay is the New Black. And I got a bunch of hits and I think people misinterpreted what the show was talking about. They thought, oh, you know, being gay is trendy, but in actuality, she was talking about how um you know the gay the gay movement being the new civil rights movement so that's basically what that show was about so it's pretty interesting i'm sure you think it means both it's kind of a double entendre but what they were talking about on the show is mainly about you know people having having trouble coming out to Mm. their families and all those things but you can i think you can go on her website and check out that show if you missed it um I'm always on Tyra's website. <laughs> I He's know not. you are. <laughs> Jesus. I actually can't stand her show. Like, I, But nothing, you watch it. No, I don't. I was totally being sarcastic. Oh, okay. No. I, she just she comes off as totally unauthentic to me. Hmm. Like when she did the show, I, I think I remember watching one episode where she did this thing on like strippers where she was going to go undercover as like a real life stripper. And it just came across as like another excuse to see Tyra in a bathing suit now that she's not working for Victoria's Secret. I just hmm. like, really? I don't know. I Anyways, like her. As I an aside. She's a smart businesswoman, <laughs> but I don't, I don't really care for her talk show. I do like 
America's Next Top Model. I like America's Next Top yes. Model. I just think her talk show is too, like, wanna be Oprah without the... Well, who doesn't want to be Oprah? I mean, she's even retiring because Oprah's retiring, so... I thought she was retiring because she was going to She got going. inspired by Oprah. Oh, of course she did. she said. It's... I don't know. She tries to present herself as Oprah, but she doesn't have the Oprah in her, you know? Like, they're just she, not the same. So, can I have my soapbox back? Here's Thanks. your soapbox. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> So, okay, last but not least. Get comfy. (laughs) (laughs) I was actually really surprised. I mean, I don't know. I guess it's kind of a controversial subject um, that on AfterEllen.com they were saying that um, one blogger blogger was saying that they disagree with lesbian-themed T-shirts. And so there's a T-shirt company selling this t-shirt with two lesbians making out and I guess on their website it says or on the shirt it says like the song says it takes two to make a thing go right and I guess the website is basically saying and two girls kissing can't be wrong so I, th- I don't know it's a cute t-shirt whatever like I'm not against lesbian themed t-shirts why were they against it just basically saying um, uh, okay done. so let me quote this blogger in saying that obviously I'm all about being out loud and proud but to me this t-shirt is a total disrespectful slap in the face not only to queer women but to women in general wearing it would inspire more unwanted attention than one lady could ever imagine in average setting and portrays an unrealistic and almost pornographic insight into lesbian lovemaking I am pretty disgusted that it exists quite frankly so um pretty strong opinion there but you know i think didn't phase me one bit i think people should get over themselves <laughs> i mean it is what it is speaking of lesbian themed art um i know i went to jay church and i went to an art exhibit actually the opening i think of the art exhibit and it's on to Henry Adams Street. Um, I forget what the space is called, but it's right there on the corner. And uh, it's in San Francisco. <laughs> sorry, it's in San Francisco. Um, it's by an artist uh, named Eddie Kala. And there's a lot of, um, you know, uh, I don't know how to describe his art. It's mainly street art, and there's queer he has a female images. There's a lot of queer female images. Um, also, you know a lot of kind of statements about celebrity and you know the world that exactly the world we live in and um he does a lot of uh wheat pastes around the city you might have seen some of them on buildings um there's one in hayes valley like right across from uh blue bottle um so it was i really liked the art and um i i love to you know support local san francisco artists and stuff so if you want to check it out i think it's going to be going on for about two months um you can go again it's on two henry adam street there's this gallery right on the corner in san francisco so check it out um the art's pretty like amazing like it's from ceiling to floor and and she's not just saying that because she's in it (laughs) well anyways there's a lot of art without me in it there's actually one that i really really liked it's this this female and she's in lingerie and she has a clown mask on and then behind her are all these it's kind of like a mural of 
different celebrities like Paris Hilton sucking on, you know, a popsicle and Tila Tequila. And like, it's just kind of like, you know, this world that we live in and like what beauty and Im- beauty images are in our world right now. So I think I thought it was pretty cool. So go check it out. I liked it too. So now we have with us Deborah Walker, who is running for supervisor of District 6. So let's get into the interview. All right, we're here with Deborah Walker. Uh, she's kind enough to join us in studio today, and she is currently running for District 6 supervisor. So welcome. Thank you. It's very nice to be here. And uh, it's our understanding you're an out lesbian. I am totally out. Totally and, out. And totally out lesbian, yes. And uh, I've, we saw a lot on uh, the Bay Area Reporter saying that 2009 was the year for lesbians in politics. Awesome. How do you feel about 2010? Mm-hmm. I think it's really the year for yeah, that was just women in politics, yes. <laughs> Yeah, I think there's there's more women running this time um, in every district, mm-hmm. um, and it we have a, a very uh, I think there's what there's two three women now on the board, and we're going to lose two of them. Wow! When the rest of us um, run, well, I know win. we had Laura Spangen on mm-hmm. a few months ago. Yeah, she's, she's in district. She's eight. an eight. She's district eight, um, which is a lot easier to describe than your district. <laughs> it's, I know. <laughs> District 6, I'm telling you, District 6 is the most uh, diverse. It has the most things going on. It probably has the most small businesses, the most nonprofits, um, both arts nonprofit and, and social service nonprofits, health nonprofits, um, lowest income. Um, it's got the most potential for conflicts. You've got mm-hmm. um, di- different uses right up next to each other. You have industry right next to residential. Right. You uh-huh. have clubs right next to lofts, um, and it it you know it it's it's potential for conflicts mm-hmm. on every block. So it's really um, it's not an easy you know. Well, what is the issue in your? It's right. really a block by block issue. I mean, yeah. there's some common common issues, but it does it travels. Tenderloin, Civic Center, Mission Bay, Te- Treasure Island, oh, South, of Mar- Treasure South Island. of Market, um, South Beach, Mission, Be- Mission Bay, um, well, you're North the Mission. Boundaries to us earlier. So, like for the for people who live in these areas, maybe just general boundaries. It's 16th Street, you said. 16th. It goes up to 22nd, uh, and and Petrero okay. kind of steps up. Um, and then it takes, uh, if you go down 16, 16th Street over to um, uh, Guerrero, take mm-hmm. Guerrero North across Mission to Franklin, mm-hmm. up Franklin to Post. Uh, it might, it, there might be a yeah, couple of blocks. And then Post all the way out, um, it drops down at Mason to O'Farrell or to Geary. Okay. And then goes out uh, to Market all the way to the Ferry Building. And then all of south south of market. So do you have to Island. live in that district to vote for your supervisor? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. You don't have to live in the district to support a right. candidate. You know, right. okay. and work on their campaign, <laughs> send money, votedebrawalker.com. Definitely. And what are the major issues right now that you're working on? I know that you, um, from your website, I saw that there's women's rights and building issues, tenants' rights. Um, do you have any, what are your specific plans for the district? Uh, one of the things that's happening for the city that I've been working on for a long time, and it's going to be on the ballot at the same time, I think in November is a seismic strengthening, um, bond measure to make mm-hmm. available about 250 million to strengthen rent controlled buildings. Mm-hmm. Um, if we have a big, if we have the big earthquake, um, 
before we strengthen those buildings, uh, many of them will fall down. And when they co get built back up, it's no longer rent controlled. Yeah. So we could overnight lose a lot of affordable housing in San Francisco. So, oh, no. and I think nobody wants that. Right. I mean, we we may have yeah. argues, arguments, and 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 we will in this town around um, many things, but I think everybody wants to make sure we we keep the housing that that houses people safe for the earthquake. So that's going to be a bond measure in November. Or um, even for this weather right now, it's like <laughs> thunderstorms. We yeah. just came into the studio and there was lightning right above our heads and i was like does san francisco get hurricanes <laughs> what is going on well i mean you know we sort of laugh but i mean all of us have experienced over the last five years um the weather change well and the real the realization that the climate change is going yeah. to affect weather yeah and um you know we have earthquakes as a crisis here we have um extreme weather probably mm -hmm. more extreme we'll see but we have to prepare for it. And yeah. you know we do that when we build things. So um, that's my focus for the last 10 years. I'm an artist by trade. I, I do urban landscapes actually. So um, I came into my political sort of genre by being out in the city and seeing how it was put together, um, doing work and it matters how you build a build how mm. you build a city that's mm. that's what determines who's here right and right. who has homes and who doesn't and you know there's about housing lot of people that live in san francisco a lot of people that move here every day yeah. and we have a lot of people who can't afford the you know accelerated rents that end up right. you know we have a lot of families that are now used to live in the mission now live in the tenderloin in a small room that's made for you know one person yeah yeah and that, and you know, we 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 can solve the problem with p better planning. Um, the tenderloin is a problem just because it, most of the stuff is already built, so we don't mm -hmm. have many opportunities to to replan it. But this the the building that we're doing south of Market um, is going to be up on the radar over the next ten years. There's already been you know almost a dozen projects approved. Or, or in the process of approval that are huge sky rise high rise oh, we skyscrapers. see some going up right now there's or have been getting finished yeah right, right. Mm. um th it'll be a while but um and and the reality is that we need to build I mean we have to we have to constantly replace infrastructure the sewer system and the transit lines and how you do that is by development but it really becomes more and more important in these times with all of the, the, the effects that we really do sustainable planning mm -hmm. right. and sustainable building that includes, you know, you know, not displacing communities and keeping right. your workforce in the city and and having, you know, housing for, you know, every sort of economic strata. Um, that's sustainable development and we haven't been that good at it. So um, you have a lot of people who are homeless. Um, it's really difficult to build extremely affordable housing. Mm -hmm. um, you also have a focus here on building tall things that cost a lot of money. <laughs> right. So you can't build that kind of building and, and sell it affordable. An earthquake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's really expensive to build. Yeah. So they can't even make it affordable. Right. Um, and we have less success at increasing density other places just to accommodate people in other neighborhoods. So we have a lot we can do, but... You know, mm -hmm. we have to, you know, get out of this mess we're in.
So is the um, are they still talking about you know redoing mission between 16th and 24th? I know they were talking about putting in new business owners and kind of making it like Valencia is now and ultimately um, gentrifying that neighborhood. I think that there's there's been a long process in the eastern neighborhoods uh, over the last I guess six years mm. talking about just that and there's a lot of community people who have lived in the neighborhood for a long time um, who really are not supportive of right. wholesale gentrification so yeah. they're trying to to figure out a way to allow for some new development to maybe increase some density um, where there's BART, where there's really solid, like on uh, right around the 16th Street corridor, mm -hmm. 16th Street, and, and then 24th. Mm -hmm. um, but we really do have a lot of uh, community-serving businesses there, mm -hmm. um, and a lot of small shops that, that um, serve people in San Francisco. and. Right. Um, I know that there's a way that we can intermix some of this because there's there's some interesting dynamics also mm -hmm. that happen that like you have a, a whole design a closed design community here in San Francisco right. that um, a lot of a lot local, of local artists mm -hmm. that um, I've talked to that actually are interested in maybe expanding you know their lines and actually hiring people seamstresses okay. um, we used to have a thriving um, uh, sewing industry in in the city um, that got moved away because it was cheaper elsewhere right. but being able to maybe hire folks who live in the mission who now how to sew to help do these you know custom lines of clothing yeah um, that's a solution that the community probably would support so right. I think that there's a way of developing these sustainable industries mm -hmm. that that hire people locally that um, provide these jobs that have gone away, the manufacturing jobs, but but more, I mean, it's got to be more localized. I mean, everybody's really talking about that, that I'm listening to about how to fix this economy. Mm -hmm. We can't fix it with another bubble. Right. We need to keep, we need to, to get back to making things. Right. Um, I, I think a lot of people are talking about bringing some industry back. Um, because it costs more money to ship stuff back and forth and as we we really deplete our resources here we have to look at smarter ways of you know growing our own food locally mm -hmm. doing more urban gardening and right. uh, so we don't have to ship it in and um, really trying to make our urban areas more sustainable mm -hmm. um, it's a challenge but I think that there's ways of, of doing it um, so I think like the, the Mission Street project, we have some talking to do about that. Um, we have to agree on what kind of community benefits that we want to attach to development and make sure that the community, the, 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 the effect of development is mitigated right. when it gets built. And it often doesn't. And in fact, that's why we, we have a problem with providing housing. Yeah. What do you see for the future of Polk Street on the gentrification tip? Because I know Polk Street used to be like the original Castro, right? Mm -hmm. And it seems like now more and more there's only like maybe two or three two gay bars gay on bars. posts. Yeah. And Polk. I'll tell you, it's going to be worse because CPMC, uh, the the hospital group, mm -hmm. um, California Pacific Medical Center, is proposing to build a 550 bed 
hospital um, at the corner of Geary and South Van Ness where the Cathedral oh Hill Hotel God. is. Wow. And, and right across the street is going to be accompanying medical uh, buildings and that whole area so many people around Geary there. and, and like Farrell is apartment buildings yeah so Venice is already horrible for traffic yeah. yeah no it's really and it's happening I mean this is happening the, the hospitals um, were mandated by the state to have to seismically upgrade yeah and they are running up against a 2013 deadline um, so they have to deal with all of their they have a, a webster campus they have a california campus they have saint luke's they have um i guess that's it mm -hmm. so what they're wanting to do is close down the california and webster campuses and rebuild this big 550 bed hospital on van ness and this has already been approved like no. it's going to happen or they're well it's to. probably going to happen and we're a lot of community people are coming together around it so it would be really good for folks to, um, there's a, a website, www.goodneighbors.org or .com, I can't mm -hmm. remember, but they're trying to get together all of the folks directly affected in that community and in the Tenderloin, because yeah. it, it, it affects everybody. Uh -huh. yeah. It really does. I mean, um, I already don't drive on Venice as it is because of the congestion. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine them having a hospital right there exactly like, that's so central like and movie theaters right there there's you know well and our producer and i saw a girl get hit by a car earlier this year and that was like a week after someone else got hit by a car in and that area in this like within four blocks of each other yeah. so like i can't imagine emergency hospital traffic <laughs> i know flying down that that's street insane. with pedestrians and it's it's gonna gentrify that yeah. whole area that's some of the most affordable housing in san francisco that goes in that area i mean on the one hand you want to have some you know medical facilities close to a, a highly populated area right, like right. the tenderloin civic yeah. center it's probably the densest population around i mean that in chinatown right so it makes you know it makes sense to have a facility but this is big yeah it's a big hospital and and they want to make the one st luke's smaller which will cut into some services in that neighborhood um i mean there's i think that there's a solution coming forward if if they can accommodate but the community is coming together around that yeah. um th that's going to be a key issue in district six um you know, street safety is a is a is a an issue in District Six. There's um, there's a lot of people that live right up next to each other. Mm -hmm. um, there's folks who you know who live in 300 square foot rooms and go out on the street to yeah. you know have a beer or smoke a joint or do whatever they do what what most people in San Francisco do in their <laughs> in their homes. And there's yeah. a lot of tourists in that area yeah. as well. Yeah. And so there's conflicts and the conflicts become more magnified because mm -hmm. of the the proximity to something so totally, you know, um, different. Right. And you know, we don't we we haven't planned for that very well. And now you have more families that are moving in because they can't afford to live in the mission or right. you know, in the neighborhoods anymore. So you know, I I will be fighting as as a supervisor to build affordable housing all across town. You know, we need to we need to 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 create some of this affordable housing. You know, everywhere in the city around transit yeah. and um and not mean, and and the and the and the and family housing for right. folks. The yeah. more SROs everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we need family housing. It's it's. 70% of our population really can't afford to buy. And and I don't know that... 
th- that will change. Right. I, read I, I know people try and try to increase home ownership, but the reality is most people can't afford to buy. Yeah. That's not going to happen. I read something in, in a SF gate about Chinatown and how it was like the most densely populated part of San Francisco. I can't remember what the numbers were, yes. but it was something like 1.6. That can't be right because there's only 500,000 people. In <laughs> it was a lot of people it's in one area. Populated, it's densely populated. Yeah. But the point was that like they had families that were like three generations deep that had been living in SROs yeah. with like three or four members in their family. And yes. I can't even imagine yes. living like that. And, and, also the SROs, I mean, this is what I deal with a lot as a building commissioner. I'm on the building commission. Um, a lot of these buildings aren't kept up very well. Right. right. So you have um, bed bugs. You have rat infestations. You have, you know, toilets that don't work. and Just so many people living that close together mm-hmm. and the hygiene issues. Like, I can't imagine, well, like, 20 people in one bathroom. Well, it's just 20 floor. people in one bathroom, and when one person gets sick, it, it spreads. Yeah. I mean, it's... it, it and, and the... The buildings, it's low rent, so there's not, you know, people don't put money into, you know, a cleaning service or any of that. I mean, it needs to happen, but those are the things that we have issues with that are only getting worse in a bad economy because, I mean, we fund that out of our our budgets, Mm -hmm. and those kind of things are getting cut. You know, there's there's a, a budget battle every year that pits the services for folks who have no money against you know police and fire and it gets into this whole you know uh, in my mind dysfunctional conversation or lack of conversation about solutions so um it's one of the reasons why we're putting forward the ballot measure about the seismic strengthening because a lot of these buildings that house people in chinatown and the tenderloin are at risk for um collapsing yeah Um, so you know that's an issue i'm you know, there's there's the entertainment venues are being um, sort of attacked throughout the market. The they're they're in conflict with some of the neighbors and like the DNA lounge. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, there was something about the uh, how who is it alcohol ABC board? ABC. I knew I was like I know the initials, but what do they call? And it? they came in and they they confiscated somebody's laptop who is a DJ. <laughs> Yeah, I actually volunteer with uh, the Electronic Frontier Foundation, yeah. and they took that case yeah. and are trying to get like a declaration saying that that's an illegal practice. We'll see if that actually goes through or not. Well, there's a there's a good thing uh, tomorrow night. It's iFlux. Um, it's a a group of the electronic music industry um, doing a panel about you know how to save these spaces and how to make San Francisco more sort of supportive of its musicians and um it's a big issue yeah Yeah. um and we've got to find i mean it's not it's hard to deal with at 3 a.m when a bar closes and 300 people are out in the street right Right. it bothers neighbors that's real we got to do better at that so a lot of stuff in six but isn't that stuff usually accounted for like if you rent an apartment of above a bar isn't that normally like accounted for in the price that you're paying for yeah. your apartment? Yes. So shouldn't you go into that? <laughs> and it's, I it? mean, it's it. I I I really don't think that it's as much about the the noise from the club itself, but the people coming and going, and it's it seems to when people. It, it's crimes of opportunity sometimes oh, where you know people get mugged coming from or going to. There's yeah. violence around around clubs because, you know. It is a crime. Right. It, there can be crimes of opportunity. It can be people, you know, a little bit drunk fighting. 
um, out in the street underneath people's windows and people feel afraid right. when they hear this kind of you know activity understandable that makes sense so you know there's things to to work on in the district for sure so sounds like you have a a big task ahead of you um where can our listeners go to to find out more information about um what you're trying to do for the city uh they can go to uh com. that's d-e-b-r-a-w-a-l-k-e-r is how you spell it votedebrawalker.com facebook uh i have a fan page deborah walker and it sounds like if you live in district six and you're interested in affordable sustainable housing and safe sustainable nightlife <laughs> vote for deborah walker thank you <laughs> thank you for coming on the show honored to be here it's great it's great talking with you thank Thanks. you all right charlie i think that wraps up episode 35 of tlp Woo-hoo. Woo-hoo. so be sure to check out the website at the lesbianpodcast.com and hit us up with any feedback or any ask charlie's you have and we'll catch you back in two weeks well Stay sexy, San Francisco. Was it good for you?